Well, hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Build, Lead, Succeed, the official podcast of the National Association of Women in Construction. I'm Angela Highland, and today I'm going to introduce you to an amazing woman in construction with a powerful mission and a dynamic story. So without further ado, here we go. Hi everyone, uh, Angela Highland here with Build, Lead, Succeed, the official podcast of the National Association of Women in Construction. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing to you um, a, a, a woman, an amazing woman in construction who I've only known a short time, but I was really impressed by what she has going on. So I wanted to get her on the show and give you guys a chance to get to know her a little bit. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to April Armstrong. She is the founder and president of Skill4, 25 years in the construction industry. And, um, just an all-around powerhouse. Welcome, April. Hi, thank you, Angela. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. So um, you have a nonprofit mm -hmm. skill for. Uh, would you like to tell us the mission of your organization? To help teenage girls identify their talents. And I say that because construction doesn't just have trade jobs. It also has marketing jobs, social media jobs, finance jobs, um, besides project management and field management. So coming on to skill four, we trained them in the trades so that they can learn that aspect of it. And from that either become someone that goes onto a job site in a trade, which would provide them with a, a skill set that pays well. But from learning that trade, they can become a general contractor, a licensed contractor in that trade, like an electrician um, or a painter. Um, and at the very least, learn how to maintain their own homes. I mean, it feels amazing to put your own flooring down. It, it's awesome to paint your own house. Uh, it's taxing on the physical side, but it's something that saves you money. And it also provides you the understanding of what it takes to do the job. So when you hire someone, then you know how much it's to cost. You know how hard the job is. So you know what to look at and what to listen for. So we just like to prepare girls for that, particularly girls aging out of foster care. Um, because when you're aging out of foster care, typically what happens at 18 is they're free. And now the choices they're making don't always lead to uh, a positive environment or a positive independent existence. So we want to we want to change that and curve that particular behavior. Hmm. So that is an amazing mission and something that uh, I think we need to see more of. We've been talking a lot lately in the past few podcasts about getting more people into the trades, but it's not, it's people is a covers a lot, right? And there are, uh, there's a lot of young people we're trying to tap into and reach. 
uh, across the board. And you're right, construction is a big industry. Uh, I had a friend of mine called it uh, construction adjacent jobs. There's so many jobs in construction. Yes. A lot mm -hmm. of people think you just, you know, you're out there working in the field with a tool in your hand, but there's so much more to that. Well, so I think this is such a good conversation. And when I met you, you you have a niche in this market, and I think it's really important. So tell me a little bit about your background in construction and what led you to choose this particular demographic to serve. Okay, you mean girls? The yes. girls foster care. Yes. Um unlike most girls, I got exposed to it, to the construction industry when I was a flight attendant. I met a guy who had a construction company. He was a general contractor. And typically we find out about it through a father or a cousin or someone that's connected to a family member that allows us to learn about construction. He was complaining about not being able to get help on weekends, especially. And the good woman that I am to support a man that I'm involved with, you know, I said, if you teach me, I'll help you. And flight attendants typically have the kind of schedules that would allow for that to happen. Um, I just end up enjoying it. I loved it. I was doing drywall. We, we did, you know, they have basements. And I was in Maryland at the time, Washington, D.C. They had basements. So we're doing drywall. You get to see it transform. We were painting. I learned all of the interior finishing trades and it just stuck with me. And at the time as a flight attendant, they were smoking on the flights. And besides being a little lightheaded ish anyway, kind of car sick ish, um, the cigarette smokes were taking me out. I I'd get to San Diego for a layover and I spend half that time in the hotel room. Wow. So, you know, being in it like that, getting involved with it, I moved back to Miami because I wanted to pursue a degree in architecture, honestly. Uh, some things didn't allow that to happen, but when Hurricane Andrew hit in 1992, it just flung the door open to go ahead and try to get involved in the industry again. And I partnered with some relatives and we just kind of started doing a lot of the repairs and renovations. Um, after that, I start seeing my hands getting a little harder than I wanted them to get. So I'm like, I don't want to leave the industry, but I think I don't want to say hands on. So I got another degree. I have a degree, a BS degree in marketing, uh, minor in computer science, but I pursued a degree in construction management so that I can go to another level and still be involved. And after doing that and being in the industry, as long as I have, I started noticing that there aren't lots of women at all, especially field managers. I, I'm typically the only woman that's a superintendent on an entire site. Um, and I just felt like it doesn't have to be that way because I started hearing other people say, like people that are working in the office, the project managers and the, and the leaders of, of different construction companies that they found women to be very, very good mm. at being project management, um, project managers for, for instance, because there's a detailed way of thinking that we have. Mm. Um, there's a, 
there's an ordered way that we look at projects that just wasn't common. Um, I've heard that guys love having women for electricians. You know, our hands are smaller so we can do things. We work faster. I think our conscientiousness is different. Plus, we feel the pressure of being the only woman. So we know we have to perform. Yeah. So, so seeing that, I couldn't try to start something like this while I was working, because when you're in construction, you work seven days a week a lot of times. You don't know what time of day you're going to get off. You know, it's just, it's grueling. Um, however, I did gain the chance when, remember, was it 2007, maybe, when the crash hit? Oh, yeah, 2008. Right, yeah. so I was a superintendent building homes then. Love doing that, building homes. But when that crash happened, even though I was able to go and start working with uh, a hotel renovations company, which is an exciting job, uh, I, I started a painting company. Um, so I became a painting contractor because no matter what, that's the thing about a trade. You will always be able to make money. You can always survive if you know a trade. Hmm. You can paint you carpenter, you plumber, you especially stuff that doesn't need a license. I mean, some plumbers and electricians typically may need some form of licensing. But those finishing trades, there's always somebody that can use a painter. There's always someone that has a wall with a hole in it. There's always somebody that can use something, flooring, Absolutely. that you can survive. And I started that company here um, after trying it also in Miami. Uh, which is where I, I started doing it after um, Hurricane Andrew uh, became a painting contractor because uh, working with family and friends sometimes doesn't work out. I'm not going to be in my own company and not get respect. <laughs> and you're in Orlando now, right? I am, and I've been here ooh, 15 years now. Okay. So being here, just I tried to bring on some kids because I just couldn't wait to do it. But you learn... The painting seems like a common sense thing to do and anybody can do it because it's a roller and a brush. I quickly found out that's not the case. Yeah. You actually have to really instruct and teach people how to paint. Um, I learned that the hard way. I mean, a one week job took me two and a half, three weeks. And I had five people working with me that were 18 to 23 years old. So, so you've been getting young people involved all along the way. Yeah, just being impatient. I want to do this. I want to figure out a way. I grew up with a mother who showed me, you know, you don't, it, it's not all about you. You know, life is about surviving. Yeah, but you want to help people. You want to give back. So thinking of women is what I thought of doing because there aren't many. And they'll stay, stay that way because women aren't gravitating to construction. All we think is dirt. All we think is get dirty. All we think is sweat. So they, they aren't aware of all the jobs that are out there. And that's not a conversation that happens at the dinner table. It's not a conversation that happens on career day, typically. Um, so I wanted to increase the presence of women in the industry. And the reason I wanted to go with foster kids is because of what I understand happens to them when they leave the system. Yeah, um, they don't have a lot of resources and they don't have a lot of people guiding them. The system's just not set up that way. And I saw this, there's a local um, home for children 
same kind of a concept, except these are kids, um, you know, their parents are unavailable, let's put it that way. And they sometimes they could be in foster care for a year and sometimes they could be there, their, you know, their all of their young lives. Mm -hmm. And if they don't have anybody helping them along the way and they age out, it, it sets them up for failure when they leave. So that's, um, I love that you're focusing on this, this niche. So when, after your painting company, um, did you, how did you form your nonprofit? Well, understanding how to establish a nonprofit is just having relationships with people all my life and networking with people that have nonprofits. Um, so I knew how to go through the paperwork. Yeah, I think it's really interesting the brainstorming that goes on when you make connections. And it sounds like you've been out there for a while making connections, talking to people. And I love that collaboration of ideas. You you, you meet people, you find out what they're doing. It might mm -hmm. be something different than what you want to do, but you know, you, you talk to them because you want to set up your nonprofit, but in the process, you are really brainstorming other ideas. And I see there are so many people out there that are trying to find good ways to serve other people, get mm -hmm. people into the trades, educate young people, have mm -hmm. those conversations, not only with their kids, but with, with the kids, but with the parents, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're, a lot of times they're the ones you have to convince. Um, but I think that this ongoing collaboration is really starting to pick up speed. I see so many people now developing these programs and I'm, I'm out in the field like you are, I'm a project manager, superintendent, and I'm seeing younger people coming in. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am seeing more women in the field, which is, is really cool. Um, mm -hmm. I walked into a team of um, people doing some specialty work, uh, traditionally a field that has older craftsmen mm -hmm. and all of them were in their twenties and they were doing incredible work. And I engaged with them and said, how did you guys know how to do this? And they said, well, one of the boys said, he goes, boys and girls club. Mm -hmm. I said, really? And he said, yes, we had an instructor that would come once a week and he would bring tools and he would have us help him fix things up around our little clubhouse. Nice. And I think that that is incredible. And that's exactly, you know, something that you're saying is sometimes you got to think outside the box and, and you have to find ways to engage the kids because you're right, this up and coming generation they are very visual, they are very tactile, uh, mm -hmm. and they are incredibly intelligent, and they don't want to be talked at. They right. want to be shown, and then they want to be given the opportunity to do it for themselves. So that's yeah. really cool. So where are you now, kind of up to present day? Do you have regular classes? Uh, tell me a little bit about your infrastructure. Actually, there's still more foundational things occurring. Like you said, this is a season of collaboration. Hmm. So I have spoken to, and you will, you'll be able to see that on the website. I have hmm. spoken to Hannibal Square, which is a land trust. Um, the executive director there, uh, Camille, amazing woman. 
when I told her what we were doing, they're building multiple housing communities. Um, and when I told her what we were doing, she's ready to make herself uh, her the uh, project she has available so that when we have our girls ready, which won't be until after six months of at least one trade or three trades, there's six month cycles of an introduction of two to three trades. So the whole program is like two and a half, three years long. So you, once you learn or get to a point of understanding enough of a trade that you're involved in, once we identify your talent, which is what I was saying, when we identify what their talent is, even if it's safety management or if, the, if it's helping us control the site like a superintendent, then we'll be able to direct them towards those internships. And people like Hannibal Square are willing to help us engage the guys that are working on sites so that when the girls are ready, I, I learned you don't send anybody to an internship that doesn't know anything because it slows the job down. It makes them spend more time on you than they have time to do. And they're not gonna want to engage anymore my, my client, my participants anymore. So that's what we're gonna do. When they're ready, uh, Hannibal Square is ready for me to bring some kids around. Um, I've spoken to people like Embrace Families and Children's Home Society and you know different um, uh, foster care organizations so that we can create a streamline of opportunity when I'm able to speak to some of their kids. You said the Boys and Girls Club, awesome. I've gone there and spoken to two uh, Boys and Girls Club groups, uh, which is when I, it was amazing to ask, uh, who knows what a general contractor is? Mm. And no one knew what a general contractor was. And even some of the older people didn't know what a general contractor was and why would they? If they never hired one for a project at, at their house or knew of someone that did that. So it just kind of, impressed upon me more continuing that getting that information out so what i've been doing is just I, i've called organizations in 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 denver colorado uh home builders institute they have a home builds academy home builders institute is here i've spoken to them so i'm kind of like it's, it's not necessary to reinvent the wheel you know there are people doing what you do there may be a unique way that i'll do it that's a little different but I've been just kind of making sure I prepare myself because this thing is bigger than me. And I don't want it to end just because I wasn't taking my time to establish relationships with multiple organizations that can have those internships when I'm ready for them. Warden Smith is ready. Um, I, I'm, I haven't spoken to Construct2 yet, but they're working with Hannibal Square. Home Builders Institute is ready. Um, I have a partnership with. Um, HZ Construction, they have an apprenticeship program that starts from 18, so that if you wanna go on to the trade leg of it, then they'll provide them an apprenticeship that will give them a national certification in that trade. So that's also just I'm saying I'm lining up and continue to just kind of take my time with that. It has not been as easy as I had hoped to take this idea and say, hey, you wanna come in? No, they, they just have the girls just not they just haven't been falling in the line like in line like I thought. Why do you think that is? Because of the dirt, because construction is a man's world mm. and that's all they see. They don't see marketing. They don't see project engineering. I was like, you know, what? I bet you hear project engineering. You think you got to be an engineer. I'm like, no, yeah. you don't. No. <laughs> you don't know how to read plans. 
you probably need to be a good secretary. You know, you need to maybe understand some things about construction, but you don't have to have an engineering degree. You know, so it's still, it just shows me how important it is to get the word out. Um, there is something I did recently that I hope, I, I, I'm gonna get this grant. There's a grant that McDonald's put out and they're giving up to $10,000. They're breaking off $100,000. So there's gonna be three $10,000 awards and you know, it goes down from there. So I found an organization that has a virtual learning tool for construction and OSHA. So you've seen those headsets, you put them on your face and it's amazing. I've called the organization. They've only been out for three years. It shows you how to, you can, with the tools in your hand, the, the devices that you use, it shows you how to use a tool, how to kind of get the muscle, muscle memory and I think what it'll do for me, matter of fact, I know what it'll do for me is when I'm able to go into any place and put one of those on a girl's face, the first thing it's going to take off from her is the fear of tools, working with those tools, working with a hammer, working yeah, with a power tool. You know what I'm saying? It's going to take yeah, that. That's intimidating. It is. The tools can be very intimidating if you don't know. And sometimes all it takes is somebody to show them how to use it and give them exactly. a little practice. And then they get over that and then they can they exactly. feel more confident, right? That's You've got yes. to build that confidence. Yes. So that, that grant will be another angle and something, another interesting way to teach them to introduce it. Um, and it's only introductory, it's only, but you can get certifications from doing that. I can get a OSHA certification for a young lady for that. So they have several things. It's like $2,000 per headset, um, $10,000 for five. So naturally I asked for five and, and that's all I had. My line item was, is for that $10,000. So to get that tool is going to be very effective. Even if I only get the subscription, it's a subscription. So you don't own the pieces, you know, the software is developed by them. Um, that's gonna be a different approach. The only other approach I've done is use sort of like a spoken word way of presenting my idea. Mm. So if for, for you or for anybody who doesn't know what that is, it'd be like going in rapping. Yeah. Instead of saying, I'm here to talk about um, becoming a part of the construction industry, and you could probably get a job and you'll make a lot of money. I would say, I'm here to tell you something new is something you will want to do. You make a lot of money there. It's something that's everywhere. You won't have to worry about losing time. You'll learn more. You'll be fine. You know, something like that. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And it just kind of keeps them a little more entertained while yeah. I'm talking. Yeah, anything that you can do to engage them, I think, is always helpful uh, because yeah. especially today, you know, kids are, you got to get them quick. They're moving on to the next thing. They're, yeah. you know, used to digitally being just go, go, go. They can flip through things. They can get what they need and they move on. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be really cool to um, find some good influences, pull some women together that are in the industry. I might know a group you could tap into, <laughs> but I, I think it'd be cool to get a group of girls together and bring them 
and have another group of women that are in the industry in different areas, you know, project manager, um, oh, trade absolutely. women that are already in the field, uh, women that are working in the office, maybe even a business owner, like, you know, a good uh, cross section of the industry and yeah. have them sit down and just almost like a panel discussion what each woman does and then let the girls ask questions. Um, I know NAWIC in the summertime has what's called construction career camp. And uh -huh. every summer it is, a, it is um, for high school girls, it's a free week. Uh -huh. And they come, we usually have it at a school and we get the instructors at the school to pitch in. It's usually a school that has a construction program already. So you've already got a lab that's got tools. And then, you know, the, the instructor teaches them something different every single day. And what is so cool about this camp is, is that on Monday, mm. none of those girls want to be there. Their parents made them come. They're right. They're sealed off. We've told right. them they can't get to their phones. So they're having a little bit of an attitude. By Tuesday, they open up. By Wednesday, they're having a good time. By Thursday, they've made new friends. And by Friday, they've completed five construction projects yeah. that they can take home. And it's usually something that they can um, uh, use. So like, for example, um, they do a little bit of tile setting. So they do a little mosaic uh, they break up some tile and then they make a picture, but they put it in a concrete form. So they're learning a little bit of concrete. They're learning a little bit of tile. Uh, they do some plumbing. They do some electric. They do every day. They do something different. And yeah. at the end of the week, um, we invite their parents to come in mm -hmm. because we think it's great for their parents to see what they've been working on. Uh, they... I think it surprises the parents because the girls are inspired at that point. Yeah. We have had girls come back years later to yeah. a NAWIC meeting and join because they were inspired by something they did years ago. Yeah. So I only tell you that because maybe that's a good open road to bringing a group of girls to the camp and then maybe you could do that with uh, that little panel discussion on the last day, because then you've got their interest and we bring a, a bunch of people from the industry in to talk about it. You know, I don't know. And well, more that's the hard me, right? part. I mean, the easy part is finding professionals that are willing to talk. Um, I've got organizations all over the city that are ready to take the girls. The hard part is getting the girls. I've spoken to several organizations so right now what I've done is I've met different mentor organizations for girls. Um, there's one in Sanford, there's one in um, uh, the Pine Hills area, um, there's one in Paramore, there's one in Altamont. There's, so they meet with their girls during the week. I meet on weekends because I work during the week and I can't. So they have regular evening meetings. So my interest is to you know become more involved with them they're all excited the adults are all excited about the concept and of course they'd like to offer their girls as much as they can because that's the idea developing life skills life skills and helping them pick a career right. um, so that's kind of the angle i'm going to get more involved with the existing mentoring organizations so my weekdays 
are gearing up for next year being super, super busy just on that. But you know, it's a blessing being able to do whatever I can, wherever I can. Um, and then being able to find the group of girls that I could sit down in front of the waiting crowd of people that are ready to engage them. Um, like you said, though, those girls had parents who bought them kicking and screaming. Mm. So there are a couple of high schools that have career development programs. Um, there's one, uh, Lyman, I believe, they have the construction program. They Those do. programs are concentrating on the trades. Um, I, they, they probably introduced plan reading. You can't teach them about plumbing and electrical if you don't do something about plans. Right. But none of the schools are really going beyond the trade information. Now, there's lots of trade schools. There's lots of stuff for 18 and over. I didn't realize how many of them until I got involved with this. Valencia, Seminole State, uh, Osceola County, there, there's Orange Tech. There's schools everywhere, if people knew about it even, that'll teach you a trade and get you a certification. But it's just these kids. So I'm getting a little more creative in how to approach finding where the girls are. Right. Um, having if that- Right, if they're in the foster system, that, that just increases your challenge, right? Of how to reach them and, um, you know, are there other organizations out there that can help you connect? Well, the foster system has almost like a, a captured audience, if you will, because some of them aren't all in homes. Some of those kids are in group homes. So the only thing that slowed down getting to more of them is COVID because they had to shut down the amount of interaction the public can have with the kids. So what I'm, I'm, I'm hoping next year is going to allow that more. And again, getting this virtual introduction because still talking to them and engaging them that way is awesome. I even took, there's a couple of women that I know, there's a general contractor that I know. And she went with me to one of my boys and girls club presentations. So just to be able to say, this is a general contractor and let her tell them that I'm the boss, you know? I don't touch the stuff. You know, I get the contracts and I get the subs and I, I just get the money. You know, it's powerful to be able to do that. And I, there are women, like you said, that I'm meeting in NAWIC that would be happy to come out at opportunities like that. Um, because women are increasing because the industry has recognized, you know what? We aren't emotional, too emotional to handle the pressure because there is a lot of pressure. There is so, that. They're Someone starting to bring us on. It's almost like you got to find a way to get, like, go to them. Exactly. Like picture in my head, like, if you have a facility, you know, and maybe you have a bus and you can go get them and bring them and then take them home because it seems like that's, you know, you would have to do that work to engage them. Um, but the virtual thing is a great idea. Um, you know, I'm, I don't know um, how many of them would have access to, um, the computer or, or getting on the computer. It's a headset that's yep. battery powered and charge rechargeable. <clears throat> so I just take the sets with me. So because it's such a new technology, I think I'd be able to gain an opportunity to do, excuse me, more presentations. The thing is 
the COVID aspect of it, we just got to see how that's going to go. Boys and Girls Club, I'm I'm a registered, fingerprinted, certified volunteer, so I can go into more of their centers now. Um, so it's just it's just a matter of time. That's why I was saying I haven't allowed myself to feel threatened by it not getting off the ground because it's more important to establish a foundation okay. to understand what I'm going to need to do and to have, like you said, transportation. So I've spoken to a couple of friends who know people that work at car dealerships um, to be able to get a van because getting them to class on Saturdays and Sundays, that's gonna be easy. There's a parent, there's a church, there's somebody out there that'll help with that leg up. It's when we get to that six month, five month mark, when we start going to, to job sites. Right. Because everybody will already be in class. And then it's gonna be time to take them from class to the job site. Right. So that's where, but then again, that's why I'm not panicked again, because I wanna have that in place. I wanna yeah. have that vehicle. I wanna have all of the things that we need to continue to thrive, even if it's just knowing enough adults or churches or organizations with buses that will allow us to use them. So every day I meet somebody like yourself who is open to hearing it, to exposing it, to help me continue to think on it and develop it. And, yeah. and I'm patient with that. It's so important to just have the foundation because I don't want it to crumble like a house. If the foundation right. crap, it doesn't matter how, how, how nice the house looks, it's all coming down. Right. You can have well, more problems with that house than you want. And I don't yeah. want any problems. <laughs> no. I want this thing to go way after I'm dead and gone. Yeah. Because it's something that will continue to help. And foster care isn't the only group that I'm I'm inviting. It's just the group that I know is a demographic that I mean, don't get me wrong, the social workers are doing everything they can to help the kids that are going from house to house. They're keeping them mentally strong. They're, they're trying to do what they can that way. And some of them, like Embrace Families, does have opportunities for internships. But those internships aren't a teaching tool first. They just find organizations that are willing to take some kids and then they provide those opportunities. So I don't want to send anybody out that doesn't know how to do it yet. It's just, right. it's just not a good deal. So yeah. there are great yeah, one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on this show is because I think you're right. I think what you need is exposure. You are out there networking and 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 connecting with people. You're building relationships. And these are themes that we've been exploring at the podcast for the past couple of months. Equity for all, how to overcome barriers so that everybody has an equal playing field field and can go forward no matter what the challenge is mm -hmm. and I think one of the really cool things about women in construction is part of our feminine gift is that sense of community that sense of empathy yeah. mm -hmm. we we love a challenge and we love to collaborate and problem solve we seem to have a lot of skill there that's why I think we do make good project managers and we do make good uh, superintendents because we can track the details and we can see the vision and we know how to get everybody to work together to get there, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that was one of the reasons why I thought this would be a 
a powerful episode because you're able to get this out there and more people can hear this and you just never know, right? Somebody yeah. can say, oh, I got it. And they yeah. can contact you and, and you can continue to build on this steady pace of your vision because it's, you're very passionate about it. It's, you know, it's needed. It reaches a whole group of kids. It sure sh could use uh, a purpose and a path. And, and so I, I'm, I'm grateful that you're doing it. I mean, this is just great stuff. Thank you. You what? I, I'm excited too. I'm blessed. I am doing what just kind of like, almost like, you know, you wake up and it's like, uh, God says it's time. <laughs> time to go. go and help girls become, and I, I can relate to girls. It won't always be girls. Um, I, I know a lot of gentlemen that are, are really passionate about helping young men. Um, so it, it, it won't say girls. It's just, that I have to stay in my lane and my connection and, and my understanding. Um, besides, you know, I've, I've spoken to people who've gone to like all boy, boy, boy schools or all girl schools. And I asked them, what did you find different? My nephew ended up telling me that because it's all boys in the classroom, he doesn't feel apprehensive about asking questions. You don't feel like she's looking or somebody's gonna think I'm stupid or something of that nature. You, you just do. So not having what happens to us when we're mixed in a room is I think what also will help me do that. And continuing to establish relationships is important. You're right. And I think that's what's going to, and, and getting exposed. Um, there are warehouses out there that I, I'd like to be able to get to. Somebody, there's so many warehouses that are for sale right now that are sitting empty. Mm -hmm. And I just need Saturday and Sunday so that when we get to the point of setting up mock-ups, because we want to do a stud wall and put the, the drywall up, but I don't want to take the stud wall down every day and, and then put it back together when we're at the drywall phase. So, you know, I want to get to a point where somebody sees it and go, well, look, I got a warehouse. We don't do anything on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, all we need is probably an eight by eight, a 10 by 10 space to do what we want to do. And we don't need the whole warehouse. You know, so that's another thing I'm hoping comes about. I won't worry about it as much until I've already gotten underway with my first set of girls. Yeah. Then, then I'm going to be beating the pavement with a whole nother attitude. Uh oh, I got five months. I need to find the warehouse. Um, there's a part of my house that would accommodate that, but I'd rather, you know, you you want to keep business, pleasure, passion, goals as separate as possible yeah. if you can. You have to have separation, I think, because you have to be able at the end of the day to have time for yourself, right? You, you Things have kind of come uh, to a place, like you said, where you're not working crazy hours so now you're in a position you got a good job that you've been able to utilize your skills that where you can get off every day and now you can go and work over here and and and, and build uh yeah. build this vision that you have but at the same time you have to be able to leave that and have time for april too which is so you know another thing that we always talk about as women we push ourselves and push ourselves and a lot of times we don't leave anything left over for ourselves and that you know you will burn out you you know this so yeah. let me ask you this if someone wanted to learn more about your organization and how they could get involved and help mm -hmm. where do they go and what do they do 
Well, our website is skill four, uh, that's skill, like in talent, the number four, um, dot org. Not, don't put www, somehow the way that I, what my hosting system doesn't require www, just skill4.org. And there, it, there will be an application for someone that wants to apply for the organization, just a series of questions that'll kind of give me an understanding of that particular participant. Um, there's a, a information page that's there as well, and uh, a telephone number. Um, we haven't, soon we'll have more videos on there. I've been, I'm trying to get my uh, social media person. I, I've gone through a couple of opportunities that got close because there's DIYs that I want. There are lights I haven't installed in my house yet because I want to use that to show that it's not so scary putting up a light in your bathroom you know, putting up a new vanity light. So I'd like to be able to show that type of instruction on the website. Right now it's dormant. And until I get my social media person, and I'm hoping either career source uh, will be something, a funding set that can help me with that. Mm. Um, but again, the right person will come at the right time. And I, I don't rush God nowhere. He, <laughs> he's got everything under control. All I'm trying to do is keep up. The timing always works out exactly like it should. And uh, I have been to your website and it's a good one, I have to tell you. Um, you know, and I think speaking on behalf of NAWIC, you know, I hope you stay connected to us because, you know, there's always people. I'm, you know, when we post this podcast, it goes out and uh, you just, you never know when stuff like that comes mm -hmm. up. Uh, I love this, uh, love this mission. I think it's incredible. And uh, I, Thank you for all that you do, and uh, thank you for coming on the show. It's been nice getting to know you a little bit better and and hearing all about Skill4. Angela, I appreciate you giving me a chance to talk about Skill4, and I hope that uh, whomever hears this uh, will indeed have some ideas on how we can get some girls to get them out on weekends and, and find out what their talents are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we'll definitely get the word out, and uh, I'll be keeping my eye on you. Okay, well, I'll see you at some meetings. I'm not going to stay away from Nawick. I love you, the camaraderie that's there. It's a great good. meeting. Yeah, we always have a good time. So, well, thank you again for joining me. I really appreciate it, and uh, I wish you well, my friend. Thank you very much. All Happy right. Have a good night. Bye. Bye-bye. I always like talking to people like April. They have such a passion and a purpose and a heart for this industry. And I love that she's chosen to go out there and educate young people because goodness knows we need to get more young people into the industry and get them trained, not only in the trades, but in all corners of construction. April, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I look forward to seeing what you are going to do with Skill4, and I wish you all the luck in the world. Well, that's it for us today. I hope everybody stays safe out there. I thank you for joining me. And a big shout out to Touch Plan, our partner and sponsors for this podcast. I'll catch up with you on future podcasts. And just remember, we are just getting started. <laughs>